Hey everyone, quick trigger warning at the top of the episode here. We're talking about Michael Jackson this week, uh, and there was a brief mention of his criminal history in the intro, so if you'd rather not hear about that, feel free to skip the intro, just skip ahead about three minutes and enjoy the rest of the episode. Genesis does what Nintendo don't. This line comes from a series of early 90s ad campaigns that Sega launched to promote their 16-bit console, the Sega Genesis, known internationally as the Mega Drive. In this era, Sega truly was a force to contend with. Their focus on edgy marketing and cool characters were a natural fit for the 90s, and it certainly gave Nintendo a run for their money. Sega didn't just talk the extreme talk, though. They were making wild moves, including collaborating with longtime Sonic fan and known king of pop, Michael Jackson. In 1993, Sega had hired Jackson to work on the latest installment in their flagship franchise, Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Jackson and his team spent four weeks working on the soundtrack for the game, laying down a set of fully developed tracks along with a myriad of acapella samples sung by Jackson himself. Despite Jackson's completion of his part of the soundtrack, the collaboration began to fall apart for several reasons, chief among them the allegations of child sexual abuse that were beginning to emerge against Jackson. According to Sega, the company opted not to use the acapella samples that Jackson had provided in light of these events, and several tracks were reworked by composer Howard Drossen. A different story is told by Jackson's team, who claims that the singer's complete works remain on the soundtrack, but went uncredited due to Jackson not liking how the Genesis compression made his work sound. Since the game's release, fans have noted similarities between several Jackson songs and Sonic 3 tracks, going so far as to suggest that the Sonic 3 end credits theme served as the basis for Jackson's 1996 hit, Stranger in Moscow. Another noteworthy comparison is the baseline in Sonic 3's Ice Cap Zone level, which bears a striking resemblance to the seventh single from Jackson's 1987 album, Bad, a single which served as the basis for Jackson's first collaboration with Sega on the 1990 game Moonwalker. The beat-em-up arcade game shares the name with the Michael Jackson movie and loosely follows the same plot, with an emphasis on the musical segment for the single that hit number 7 on the Billboard Hot 100 upon release. The music video draws on several inspirations, including Fred Astaire's musical comedy The Bandwagon, as well as The Third Man, a British film noir. Although these references inspire some key parts of the video, Jackson's iconic white suit and the 1930s gangster setting, the most memorable part of the video, and to some extent the song itself, is the anti-gravity lean performed by Jackson and his dancers. Using wires and slots in the ground to affix their feet, the performers make this impossible lean look easy. Smooth, even. That's right, we're talking Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal this week on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one left bloodstains on the carpet. I'm your host as always, The Snake, joined by my okay co-host... Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger, are you okay? Um, yeah, I'm alright. I'm alright. <laughs> What's going on? Um, it's my brother's uh, birthday yesterday, got together with the family a little Shout bit. Shout out to legendary guest Shout Jeremy. Shout out to legendary guest Jeremy. Um, and uh, I, met, I met my sister's girlfriend for the first time. Uh, and her name is Annie, and I've been listening to this song like on repeat all day. <laughs> suddenly, I met someone named Annie. Anyway, that was fun. And how was she? Was she okay? She she seemed okay. Oh yeah, that's good. That's I, good. I didn't I didn't ask. I didn't ask. 
Yeah, it just seemed it just seemed self-evident. That's yeah. good. I'm, I'm glad of that. Uh, Alex, before we start talking about this, the, the hit song by Michael Jackson, the hit man, not a hit man, just a man with hits. <laughs> we got to take a, take a little theremin. What's going on with you and the theremin? Oh, the theremin. Um, I'm still like, you know, trying to get a feel for it. I feel like that's going to be important. Um, I, I recorded a little happy birthday ditty for my brother yesterday. Nice. So uh, I got some like basic tunes. Happy coming birthday, out of classic it. or like Stevie Wonder happy birthday? <laughs> classic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very simple. Very simple. Mm-hmm. Tough to get that happy. <laughs> Got to get that jump in there. Right. The so, octave change. That's tricky. It's tricky stuff. Um, I want to. I want to get a um, like a harmonizer pedal at some point mm. for it. Don't know when that's going to happen, but that's that's on the on the to do list. To do list. Well, you could just build a second theremin and then harmonize. <laughs> Play two at once. Can you yeah. use one theremin to play another theremin? Um, what do you mean? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking questions. Uh, <laughs> like, if you moved one theremin, would it affect the sound of the other theremin? Depends on how close together they were. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. Just the sensitivity. Okay, okay. Yeah. You could that play them both with the same hand, in theory. Okay, you would just have to, like... Yeah, depending on, like, how they were physically aligned it would just change how they worked yeah. and they might honestly like the the antenna from one might just trigger the antenna from the other if they were too close right so they would just be kind of the whole time but if you set up their zones that it was like the sensitivity that it was just far enough apart that you could do the shaka between them and activate them both individually but i guess they're producing the same frequency hmm. uh, i mean it could be you'd have to like tune, tune them, them to be the, the same yeah. yeah okay okay or different. Now we're talking here, Alex. Yeah, I mean, you could set something up for sure. You could. Um, Somehow. What you can't set up is a, is a standard soundtrack deal with Michael Jackson without it being the, the source of intrigue and controversy for years to come, Alex. Yeah, that, that one's interesting, especially because it like actually doesn't have that much to do with Smooth Criminal. <laughs> like no, I was really excited about it um, because I know I had like heard about it before. And also, there's so much mystery surrounding it, but the actual story is like, Oh, their relationship kind of fell apart. Like, as far as I could tell, like, the Michael Jackson team was kind of, like, not super happy with the sound. But also Sega was like, oh, he's getting these allegations. So it just started to fall apart. And they were just kind of like, maybe we don't repair this relationship. Like, maybe we just Yeah, it was really, like, both ends wanted out. (laughs) Yeah. So, and it just kind of, like, fell apart. But there, I mean, if you listen to the, the comparisons between those tracks. Yeah. It's pretty close. And a lot of the same, like, creative team worked on both. Yeah. So, because it wasn't just Michael Jackson, it was like his keyboardist and his whatever. Yeah. So, like Brett Buxter and fucking yeah. some other guy. And I mentioned the keyboardist specifically. I believe it was Brett Buxter. It might have been another guy, but there, he had like another band. So, like you were talking about that ice cavern theme or whatever. Yeah, ice cap zone. So it actually yeah. more clearly references a song by the Jet Zones or the Jet Zones. Yeah. Um, called like Hard. Which was, it was like an unreleased demo recorded around the same time. Mm-hmm. Or previously unreleased. Released in like 2000-something. Yeah. And so, yeah, it is interesting that the, the Jackson team approach was more like, you know, I feel like most musicians today, and even of that time, probably would come at and be like, well, let's make an original piece of music. 
Whereas these guys are like, yeah, what if we just kind of loosely reference some songs we are making or have made? Although, or will make? I mean, <laughs> a lot of them, like, they weren't necessarily referencing songs they had already made. They just, right. like, kind of thought maybe they weren't used or they were ideas that they wanted to reuse. Right. And, I mean, some of them, it's, like, basically a chord progression anyway. So it's not Fair like enough. it was yeah, I mean, we're that talking complicated. About the, the Genesis compression, yeah. like, you're not getting an orchestra fit on there or anything. Yeah. But the other thing, I guess, um, the other sort of historical part of the Smooth Criminal story is um, is the like previous version of Smooth Criminal, which was this Al Capone yes. song. And that also, I mean, I don't know all the equipment used. And I, was, I think the Genesis sound trip was Yamaha something. Is that true? Yeah, I, I believe it, Alex. I don't know for sure. Um, Ten Boy. No shit about the Genesis. <laughs> um, the audio chip. Sorry, I'm just checking up real quick. I think it is. And the reason, yeah, Yamaha YM2612. Um, and then there's another chip as well. But um, I bring that up because, like, the synth in Al Capone sounds straight out of a Genesis game. And that was, Absolutely. like, 85 or something like that. Like, yeah. several years before. Because this composition had been around for a while before it mm-hmm. became Smooth Criminal. Well, and it's interesting. I was just doing some looking into the Sega Genesis myself because I was picking up a I picking up a new AV cable for mine because I was I was looking to bust it out and I don't have that. And then looking it up online, it was like this one works for the Mark II and three. And I was like, well, what the? We mean Sega Genesis Mark II. So there's three iterations of the Sega Genesis itself, right? right. And from my understanding, the first model, so the earliest one, has the best equipment in it because they were like trying to make it cheaper to manufacture or whatever right yeah so that's why by mark three you're not even getting sega cd compatibility like the mark three is a bare bones model just just built to churn out and get genesis's genesis as it were in homes (laughs) do Um, you know which one you have i've got a mark two which is probably i'm guessing the most common model yeah i remember seeing a comparison between them but i now i'm completely like it was years ago i completely forget Mm mm-hmm so the yeah, like the Mark One has a lot of like old school kind of jank to it. Like it's got the best hardware in it, but it's like instead of a button, it's like a switch for your power. Um I, I think it might even be a slider instead of a switch for power, which is strange. Hmm. Um so yeah, just old interfaces like that. And then the Mark II looks, I would say, the nicest of them. It's got kind of that classic Genesis branding to it. But yeah, cheaper parts. And then, but still with the Sega CD compatibility, which I've got a big Sega CD attached to mine. <laughs> and then you've got your Mark III, which is just like fucking little, little, little black box that takes cartridges. Is that the one? Because I don't know if they still manufacture them, but I heard they were like still manufacturing them in like South America. Do you oh, know yeah. anything about that? I don't know. They I might, don't know. Stopped. But until like fairly recently, you could still get like a, a Mega Drive. A Mega Drive. Anyway. What do you think's the better name, Genesis or Mega Drive? I always liked Genesis, personally. That's pretty good, yeah. I like Genesis. You know, the thing about it is it does what Nintendo don't, and that's always, that's always been my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, that's a big selling feature, is, is the pun ability. My last Genesis question for you, Alex, you ever play okay. Moonwalker? No, never. I remember we went to, like, a... a like, hobby used game store kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Years ago, and we saw it. But it was like 80 bucks or something. And we were like, oh, too steep. Oh, yeah. Honestly, that's probably what it cost when it came out. 
Those old cartridges are expensive. That's right. They're expensive as hell. But, uh, yeah. And also, I don't have a Genesis. That's fair. So, it took me a while to get my hands on one, but... Also, I guess, you know, there are other methods to play games than owning them, but also I haven't done that, so... I haven't done that, because we're good law-abiding citizens yeah. here. Specifically, ROMs, and I'm not, like, trying to hide, I'm gonna, like, not say the word emulation. Emulation. Um, but, yeah. Watch out. Still haven't. Sega, shut us yeah. down, Sega, Alex. Nintendo don't, won't. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Um. Uh, yeah. But uh yes, Michael Jackson. But all this loosely related to the song "Smooth Criminal." <laughs> the song which "Smooth Criminal." You mentioned its roots already as Al Capone, um, which they released on like a 25th anniversary of Bad. So we we have listened to that. We'll talk about it probably about as much as you talked about it. It does sound like an old Genesis track. Yeah. Um, and of course, smell sounds like "Smooth Criminal." I, I mean, a lot of it's there. Yeah. Um. Like the the baseline is there, and the um, the melody of the choruses mm-hmm. is there. So like, there's a lot of stuff that's there, and like some of the ways he sings the yeah, sections, but, but, even though it's yeah, like it's different words, but he does the bam, but but he does that, and like the kind of higher parts too. Yeah, in his um, falsetto. So like, it's yeah. it's all there. It's all there, yeah. What mostly changes is, yeah, the lyrics and then kind of just a polishing of, of everything of the, musically. So you get the, I guess that's the Quincy Jones production value, right? Because he's yeah, the producer. Yeah, the on sounds this. themselves are very different, although they still sound very synthy, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little more uh, in a bit. In a but bit, yeah. I was, I mean, it's also interesting because. A lot of the times when we talk about songs, it's like, oh, this band was recording an album, and they were like, oh, we need the, uh, just writing whatever songs you can think of, basically, you know? But this mm-hmm. is more like a, a composed song, you know? Like, they had an idea and had some things, and they tried them out, and they liked this part and this part. Yeah. Which and I guess partic- also came up when we were talking about uh, Whip It a couple weeks ago. That's right. Uh, and they were like, oh, we have these four other th- songs, or I guess ideas that we can just put together. That's right, yeah, it's a real amalgamation. Yeah, with, uh, with Michael Jackson, with this one in particular, it almost feels like the creative process is more what would go on for, like, a Disneyland amusement park, amusement park ride than for a song. Okay. It's, I think with Jackson, one, there was a big emphasis on music videos, because the man could dance like True. nobody can. And, like, we're going to talk about the lyrics here briefly, but they're nonsense like <laughs> it's a people don't get me wrong this was a requested song so i know people are gonna have some strong feelings about this it's a good song but the lyrics are kind of trash <laughs> like it is it feels like an amusement park ride like the original was called al capone and it was just like how could you let him get away al capone's a bad dude hey 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 and that's <laughs> <laughs> that evolves into these lyrics, which one, I don't think accurately reflect what a smooth criminal is actually like, and two, have the depth of a shallow puddle. Like, <laughs> there's nothing that going on. It's just like a bit of a story of like yeah. something. But yeah, it like I and and you don't really necessarily need to like listen to the lyrics. I certainly hadn't before. Mm-hmm. Um, except like I knew the Annie are you okay kind of I didn't realize yeah. he said it that much 
honestly. Are you okay? Um, but yeah, I hadn't like closely listened to it. But yeah, like uh, going into a song called Smooth Criminal, I like definitely kind of didn't expect the smooth criminal to just be like you kind of think he's the protagonist especially if you watch the music video like oh he's the smooth criminal look how smooth he is and like all the crimes he's doing mostly assault i think one murder we'll get to that yeah we'll Uh, get to that but uh yeah it's uh it's it's very strange it is what what uh... they actually sing about yeah, yeah, because well, yeah, when when you think it's smooth criminal, I think you think it's him, like Michael Jackson's the smooth criminal, like you said, and that he's kind of like a like a gentleman thief, you know, like a like he's doing crime, like a Robin Hood or something, like. Yeah, I mean the 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 title of smooth criminal makes him seem maybe cooler than, and yeah. and it's not like the smooth criminal isn't really even in. The song, it's like the events caused by the smooth criminal, right? Yeah, it's really the uh, like recollection of a crime scene, or like a crime that occurred, and then asking Annie if she's okay. Which is like itself a reference. Yeah, to, to resuscitate. Yeah, which, I mean, actually, um, Frank Turner has a song called Rescue Annie. Yeah. So that's the same... It's the same, That's the Annie. same Annie. I believe it was like a body that was pulled out of the Thames or something like that. Yeah, and that they didn't became save a her mold for for these rescue dummies. Yeah, for CPR training, right? Through, yeah, through some means, and apparently in CPR training, that's what they got, like, they called her Annie, and they're like, ask Annie if she's okay, like, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, that's like your first steps to say, Annie, are you okay? You have to say like Michael Jackson does, or it doesn't work. <laughs> kick you out. Um, so let's start with these lyrics, Alex. Ow, cha, shoo cha, shoo cha, cha, cha. Yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, Michael Jackson is. Um, ha- there's a lot of cl- things that are considered cliches that are like, oh, that's the thing Michael Jackson does. That's the thing. One of them is this kind of shouting random syllables. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about the Alien Ant Farm cover, which is itself like a. Like a half winking tribute to Michael yeah. Jacksonisms, but yeah, that's one of them, and you know, followed by a crotch thrust. We yeah. all know that. Yeah, it's even. I'm pretty sure it's a move in the Moonwalker beat 'em up game. It's like what it's hit C. Yeah, Jeez, I don't know like, Genesis controllers very well. Oh, that's right. They got like A B C. Some of them have six buttons. Yeah, that's the the Genesis process like creation i have like three different genesis controllers i've got a three button one a six button one and then like a six button arcade pad oh wait, one of the like uh, uh rapid fire buttons or whatever yeah yeah, what yeah. They, what do they call it ah it doesn't matter yeah it's got like the sliders on it so you can decide yeah. how rapid fire you want it to be how much you want to cheat but enough about the genesis this is slowly turning into just a genesis a podcast episode <laughs> here's verse one as he came into the window was a sound of a crescendo he came into a bar- her apartment. He left the blood stains on the carpet. She ran underneath the table. He could see she was unable. So she ran into the bedroom. She was struck down. It was her doom. Doom. Yeah, it's like, it's a break and enter. And like, I assume the crescendo is the sound of glass shattering. Yeah, that's a sloppy B&E is what yeah. this is. You got to get one of those things that like cuts a circle out of the window and like pulls it off with suction cups and you just slide in. Um, yeah. And like, there's a woman there. Yeah. And she's like, runs away but he knows where she is and then he strikes her down 
Yeah. There's blood also. So Jackson's recounting this crime scene. He's like, there was, you know, the sound of a break in. There was yeah. a scuffle. He might be bleeding here. from breaking the window as well, because he just came and like he leaves bloodstains. So yeah, the bloodstains, not necessarily her. Yeah. So yeah, he's also left evidence. So Jackson yeah, sees all this and he's like, I mean, when was the first time criminal. DNA evidence was used in a court case? <laughs> after yeah, the late I, 80s? I guess after the late 80s. Anyway. I think so, honestly. Shit, well. I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. I refuse to. But to me, this sounds like a clumsy crime. This sounds like a fucking desperate crime. Yeah. That, I mean, that's... Let's see. Oh, 86. Enderby? Oh, not that Enderby. Sorry. I said okay. I wasn't going to look it up, and I did. And then you uh, looked it I'm up. a liar. But yeah, he breaks in, and he, and he hits her. And like, and, her. and then it's like the response to that is like someone has found the body or maybe the unconscious person yeah, and is trying well, to get them to respond. It was her doom uh, seems to spell it out pretty clear that she's dead. True. Yeah, that's that's doom. That's you yeah. would think. But you're right. And because we get the first pre-chorus, the original one here, Annie, are you okay? So Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Annie, Annie, are you okay? So Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Annie, Annie, are you okay? So Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Annie, Annie, are you okay? So are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Yeah, probably implying like desperation because he's clearly asking over and over again when it's maybe obvious that Annie is not okay. Not okay. But then we get it later. I'm going to talk about it right now just because it is the same dialogue, but in the outro is Annie are you okay and then we get the high vocals going I don't know so there's a response <laughs> that's true there does seem to be a response um I don't know why baby maybe that's daggone it yeah and then he, he gets mad at her <laughs> yeah that he, got it, baby. So it, it still to me seems like, like yeah Annie is not okay I mean I, th- I think we can say that for certain yeah, I guess maybe he was waiting on an ambulance to get there. Because it's also, like, it's not a difference. The, the I don't knows are still Michael Jackson singing. Yeah, it's all him. It's all his vocal credits on this, besides the police officer who says, I want everybody to clear the area right now. But, I mean, she also could be... It's, it's somewhat ambiguous. Like, she could be alive, just, like, almost dead. Because, like, there's... Or they could be desperately trying to resuscitate. They're desperately trying to resuscitate her, I think, is the is Yeah, the I think that's the, the part of verse um, two, yeah, and also yeah. implied by the pre-chorus. So, whether I mean, or not she survives doesn't really get said. Yeah. Explicitly, anyway. Explicitly. So the chorus in this is just like the... <laughs> it's the pre-chorus, and then verse one summarized again? Yeah, he's just saying that. He let, like, used the same words, too. <laughs> Exact same words. And are you okay? Will you tell us that you're okay? There's a sound at the window. Then he struck you a crochet. He's now telling Annie what happened. As he's like, like recreating the scene basically. And like, oh, there's bloodstains on the carpet. And then you ran in here. And then it was your doom. Yeah, like doom again. You were struck. So if he's telling Annie this, either Michael Jackson is a detective with just no, like, no sense of self-control, no emotional control. He's just completely fucking shaken by this crime scene. And he's now telling a corpse what happened and being like, please talk to me. <laughs> or 
She just got hit so hard that she lost her identity. It's a case of amnesia, and now he's like, listen, you used to be Annie. telling her about it. But Annie's doom was she got her head hit too hard, and now she doesn't remember who she is. She doesn't remember anything. Um, I kind of interpreted it as like like he's recreating the crime scene. Right. He's looking around, and he's like, oh, I... But is also like being kind of flowery about it, being like... She hears the sound at the window. She runs under the table and then like runs somewhere else or whatever. Right. That's kind of a classic Hollywoodism yeah. trope. You get the fucking ace detective on the scene and he, he yeah, he kind of flamboyantly runs around the crime scene. It's like, a, it, was a, it was a break in here. The sound of the window, a crescendo, really. You can tell from the, yeah. the how far the glass is impacted here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then he struck you a crescendo. He came into the apartment. Yeah. So um, he lets Annie know what happened here after telling everyone else what happened here. <laughs> And then, yeah, continued resuscitation. Yeah, then we get the post-chorus, which is just the pre-chorus again, but shorter. Annie, are you okay? Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? You've been hit by, this is the refrain now, you've been struck by a smooth criminal. Oh, he says hit by twice the first time. That's right. So, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, that... See, uh, once again, I'm like, oh yeah, if you get hit by a criminal, that means, like, the criminal does crime to you, but it it does seem... To me, like my my thought was always, again, the criminal was like not the bad guy, but this is literally like a criminal hit you, you got injured. Yeah, I constantly pictured like yeah, because a hit can be in crime, not necessarily physical violence. Yeah, you hit not, up a bank, which yeah, can't be exactly. violent, but you, it's for robbery's sake, not for like oh, you've sake. been hit by a smooth criminal. So it's like, be, I just feel like if you get hit by a smooth criminal, then like you're maybe kind of a villain. Obviously, they're an antihero, perhaps, but yeah. Yeah, it's a very strange story. Yeah, and to call a, a criminal smooth is to, to is, is some some shade of praise. It's it sounds that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's not what I was expecting. No, and I I think it is I think it's fucking dumb, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do I know? Um choo cha choo cha ow. Okay, ow. everybody. I want everybody to clear the area right now, so that's the police chief on oh, the scene. Oh, that's right. Um, Recorded I by... A, I yeah, had this written down. I had it written down, too. Of him. Uh, he's in the credits. He's in the Drift credits. Announcements. Bruce Swe- Sweden. Bruce Sweden. Sweden. Oh, it's just pronounced Sweden. Bruce Sweden. I think. But there's an extra I in there Bruce. that I wasn't expecting. He's I'm a pretty down. recording engineer. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's... we got. Hang on, we got verse 2 here somewhere. What the fuck is that? It's very short. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So they came into the outway. It was Sunday. What a black day. Mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, sounding heartbeats, intimidations. Yeah, so it kind of sounds like the the rescue, like the paramedics, I guess. Um, fuck, what's the real word for that? E- emergency. Why? Why is this so difficult? E- EMTs? EMTs, med- that's the yeah. word. <laughs> you know, the ones without parachutes. Um, EMTs come in. They're doing their thing. Yeah. It's, it's also Sunday. What a black day. It's supposed to be a day of peace, but my god. Yeah. And he's been murdered. I mean, it's just sounding heartbeats. So does that mean that she's like is that, up to is an ECG working? now and she's like like in critical condition but like alive maybe sounding heartbeats and then intimidations what who's intimidating who what when where and how alex 
You know what? Good question. I didn't think about that. It just feels like another word there. What does it mean there? Yeah, is it... I don't know whose heartbeats are sounding. Is it... Like, imitations? Maybe. But there's... This is intimidation. Intimidation. So, like, genius suggests that it's just saying everybody's scared now because this smooth criminal struck. Uh, yeah. The criminal's vanished and everyone is like, oh, there's a smooth criminal on the loose. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, but... <laughs> Seems like know. a bit of a stretch. But I can't sucks. think of any other explanation. Like, the intimidating thing about this is, like, there's a smooth criminal. I guess, like, it can happen to anyone kind of thing. Like, oh, maybe he'll break into your house next. Right, yeah, and on a Sunday, a day of peace, my God. Yeah, he's supposed to be resting and he's breaking into houses? This is... What a hard worker. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just intimidated worker. by his work ethic. He's also turning away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, think about that. Think about that. So yeah, verse two is just, it's there. <laughs> it hangs out. It lets you know that mouth-to-mouth, resu- I guess it explains the Annie, are you okay lines a little more by saying mouth-to-mouth resuscitations. True, yeah. And is sounding heartbeats that there is a, a heartbeat being heard, or is it the fact that, you know, CPR requires you to, you know, imitate? If it was imitations instead of fucking intimidations, we'd be somewhere here. Like, because the process of CPR is imitating right. the Yeah, you're trying pattern. to, like, pump blood at about mm-hmm. the right pace. Famously, to the uh, rhythm of staying alive. Yeah. Or another one bites the dust. Oh, that's a good one. Is too. another one you can do, yeah. Uh, but that, maybe that's, yeah, where we were supposed to be in the mind of the, the EMT, where they're, like, shook. Again, is everybody here, like, bad at their emergency jobs? They're all just really <laughs> shook by this event, and they're like, I can't get a regular heartbeat going, because mine's fucked up. Yeah, it's vague. I mean, I think it, um, like, the song itself does mm-hmm. a pretty good job of creating, like, a, a really urgent uh, feeling. Yes. And, like, that's happening, but, like, if you actually, yeah, if you actually listen to the words, it's kind of nonsense and repetitive. Yeah, and of course, like we said, the original demo, the, the Al Capone, kind of already had some of the rhythmic setups. I mean, we all know how the, the vocals sound. So you, it's kind of tight segments to fit words into. True, it is very fast. And I mean, that's part of the song. Like, why I had no idea what they were saying. Yeah. Or what he was saying is, it, happen- it goes by really fast. And he kind of like, not grunts it, but like the way his, his voice it's is like, like really kinda intense. It's like kind of whispered. It's very tense. It's very strained. Yeah. I didn't even know. I, I for many years, along with the, my partner Greta, thought that he said, but you're jealous, but you're okay. Not can you tell us that you're okay. Not that that makes sense as a line, but. <laughs> right. But you mishear it. Although I don't know any like famous mishearings of Smooth Criminal. I know a lot of songs have them. Oh, yeah. Um, but I've never heard about this one, which is weird because it seems like it's prim- it seems ripe for yeah, it, yeah, prime for that. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so that's the main meat of it. We've already talked about the outro, wherein he says, "I, the, I don't know," is in the daggone it, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, outro. It's uh, more more chorus with a bunch of backup vocals and whoo, whoo various uh vocalizations yeah choo cha choo shoo 
Chachu. Chu Chachu. Ow, ow. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea that he said, Daggone it, baby. Daggone it, baby. That's, that's, uh, yeah, would have never guessed it. Showing his mounting frustration. Yeah, with this, the, her inability to respond, the fact that she doesn't know, like, what, what is he daggone at it yet, too? I think he's just upset that it happened at all. Right, you know? just a bit of melodrama. Yeah. Fair, fair dues. Um, shit, do I have, actually have notes on the... Yeah, I must. There must be right here. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the instrumentation here, Alex. Instrumentation. Which opens with a heartbeat that is then translated through a synclavier clavier. Synclavier. Synclavier. I one time heard a recording of uh, Frank Zappa saying it, so that's how okay. I choose to pronounce it. Also, I don't think it's specifically French. I think it's like more German, so I believe. Yeah, yeah well, because the name of the musician uh, prosecutor in Apollo Justice, Ace Attorney, it's Clavier. Yeah, and he is. He's German. German. He says, Achtung! Yeah, because he's a big U2 fan. Yeah, and the Clavier, I think it just means like keyboard. It might specifically okay. be piano, but I think it's like generally refers to keyboards. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so a synclavier um, was, still is, um, like an early, like really intense, like synthesizer system. So there's like a computer basically and a, mm-hmm. and a um, keyboard attached. And I don't know all the parts that are part of that system or how much you could hook up yourself, like add right. to it. But, yeah, you could, like, go through the, you know, it's, like, this old, like, two-tone uh, computer system through the CRT monitor, and you could change all the sounds, and I don't know all the features, but, yeah, it's an early synthesizer that was, like, we have all these sounds, but also it's, like, MIDI-sounding stuff. So that's a lot of what's being used in this track. Is yeah. Synclavier. That, yeah, there's quite a few people, different people even credited with the Synclavier, Synclavier effects. <laughs> muted, oh, that's a muted Steinway piano, so that's a different one. But yeah, it plays a heavy part in here, and that's apparently so we get that musical sting right off the bat. That bam, and then we build a little uh, like this heartbeat. You can hear it's pretty low in the track. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's Jackson's heartbeat, then translated through a synclavier. It also like speeds up. Yeah, I think probably, and then yeah, he screams at us. Go ow, ah, that he does a lot of screaming, like a crescendo. Uh, it was it was really. a crescendo, kind of. Wow, um, oh, yeah, big big break in. Um, and then the like iconic bass line, like, yeah, it's classic. so catchy. It's so ridiculously catchy. We just kind of shit on the lyrics, but I can't do the same about the music. <laughs> Absolutely not. Musically, uh, this thing bangs from front to back. Yeah, and I mean that's the strength of it, really. The lyrics yeah. are weird, but like you don't even need to listen to what the words are. I know I never have before this week. Yeah, it's, and, like, the words he chooses, read as words, are dumb, but as sounds, they work very well. Yeah, with the song. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And, like, the way he enunciates them makes this, like, very intense feeling, and that fits the narrative probably Mm -hmm. more than the actual words. Yeah, it is more of, like, a vibe song than it is, like, a deep-reading song. And... Yeah, it works. Similar, I mean, similar to an amusement park ride. It's just like, okay, I, I get so. we're supposed to be in this in this scenario. If I look too long at the animatronics, yeah, I'm going to see it's pretty robotic. But as I'm getting yeah. whipped around through, it's, it's a thrill ride. It's a, yeah, you know. taking in everything together. Mm-hmm. 
just don't necessarily look too close. That said, yeah. you can look close at the at the music because the music's pretty strong. Um, and I guess what I'm thinking of specifically is the tones, which are kind of odd as well. They sound very electronic. It's yes. very um, not just like very synthesized, but very like I guess digital. Like they sound very fake. You know? Yes. Um, the the even like the bass line uh, sound. It's, it kind of has a very I don't know if it's just a very short decay or like a high noise gate or something like mm. that, but like the notes cut off really quick at the end. Yeah. What about you hear that on the drums too, that big drum that down. Bam. Yeah, there's like a regular snare that continues through most of the song. Mm-hmm. That's maybe I mean, not yeah, what you're talking just, about though. It just kinda no, that's that one that like is there most of the time. It kinda yeah. cuts out almost as quickly as it comes in, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, a little bit more of that unnatural vibe from that as well which is i mean yeah it's an interesting sound it works works with the song and obviously they have a really strong uh bass line going so yeah uh we talked about his vocals stylings on we this did a this... bit i mean we, we've talked about michael jackson before as like a performer um way back in you've really got a hold on me and that was when he was quite young because i was like the jackson five that was the jackson like he was just like putting like crazy energy into that performance and he just like completely like crushed it and like this is a very different energy but like he's still really going for it Mm Hmm. so i mean he, he was you know a performer all his life so yeah can't be accused of of half-assing his his musical career i'll give him that no, he could be accused of a lot of things, and and, and certainly has. Mm-hmm. Uh, not within the scope of this podcast, thankfully. But uh, needless to say, that's it does make it tough to listen to Michael Jackson because you're like, yeah, this is great, but also a lot of human suffering went into this. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, if Hitler was actually a good painter, right? You'd be like, oh, fuck, <laughs> these are pretty good. But <laughs> just like to look at his painting of like the side of a building. I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> just I don't like the rest of this stuff. Yeah, like, nice I really window. try to separate the art from the artist. It's 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 tough, but uh Yeah. Um But yeah, like you said, well maybe not touch on it today. I think we've talked about it before though. Yeah, we've talked on it and, and touched on it. We don't have a hot take. Bad no, bad guy. Really. Bad guy, good music. Yeah. There you go. And it's tough to fall, you know, to find what's the the most ethical practice there. Some people say there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. So does does that that make a difference? I don't know. I don't know. Does that make it okay for us to talk about Michael Jackson and celebrate musical achievements of his? I mean, if you think no, you're probably not listening to this. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you've skipped over this. I I Um, mean, have you made it a half hour in or whatever? Yeah, yeah, half hour in. Hey, maybe you're on board, but hey, we can also just kind of flip the script here and celebrate Quincy Jones, incredible yeah. producer and Public man production. who knows who killed JFK. That's true. <laughs> I'll and never no, not no one talk else about knows, that interview. So, so I'm glad. Um, I'm glad someone knows. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> what I wish else I could have been this? there in the room. Yeah, um, <laughs> what else does this song do? I mean, so I guess. Yeah, we talked about the vocals, and there's kind of two things that the vocals do. We talked about mm-hmm. the really intense, Annie, are you okay? And are you kind okay? of like Any- rougher. And then he goes into his high falsetto for the other part. And that's yeah. the thing he's known for, is his very high voice. 
yeah, even at the particularly at the end of those pre-courses. Honey, are you okay? Are you okay, Yeah, leading right into the chorus. Yeah, and then like the falsettos are huge on the outro. Um, yeah, and there's lots of there's like lots of him. There's like many tracks. Yeah, lots of harmonizations. He's credited with vocal arrangement here, so not only is he singing harmonies and things, he's arranging them. People, mm-hmm. that's that's an extra step. Mm-hmm. Um, musically, let's talk about. Uh, the big stings that happen on the refrain. You've been hit by boom, boom. You've been oh, yeah. struck by mm, a smooth criminal. Great Those stuff. are great. I yeah. mean, other songs do similar things. I think it's great because, uh, especially when, like, you have the pause with a bum or the bumpa or whatever. Because you're like, it's great if you know the song well. Because then when you're listening to it, you can, like, hit something. Yeah. And there's a part of um, Thick as a Brick that does something similar. <laughs> Uh, oh, by yeah. Jethro Tull, uh, that I always like to hit things for, um, and Fuck that's yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, like a good simple percussive segment that gets the people going. I mean, this is this is handcrafted artisanal pop music here. Like yeah, you got absolutely. Quincy Jones on the track, you got Michael Jackson. This is about as good as it gets without getting you know fifty other people in here. And of course, they did have a big massive team, but yeah, they had like a three man synclavier team just for that. Yeah, they got three dudes credited with drums. Um, how much they had to pay that doctor to record a heartbeat. He's, <laughs> you know, he's got yeah. a, an advanced, he's got a PhD. Uh, you find the right, right doctor, he'd probably do it for free, especially 1987. Hey, Michael do it, Jackson, he's going to his heartbeat. A signature or something. Yeah. Autograph, I guess that's what we call it. Yeah, an autograph. Autograph. Um, the song itself doesn't mm-hmm. like musically doesn't change that much even when they start to repeat stuff it's kind of like they got a good thing for dancing and like it doesn't change from like repeat to repeat no uh there is kind of a build because i was mentioning the uh decay being very yeah. short and sort of one of the things that um changes between the verses into the pre-chorus into the chorus is like the um, that decay kind of lengthens a bit. And then once you get into the chorus, you get sort of some um, like hailed harmonies, like synthesizer harmonies. Right. That, like kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That more ambient one in the yeah, back. Exactly. Um, so I think that's a big part of what the actual build is. Because right. like if you look at the other things, like it's not like the vocals are speeding up. They are going higher pitched though, which is another mm-hmm. thing you use to build. Um, but like the and then like between verses, between choruses, like it's pretty similar. Yeah. Your big one is probably the the, the horn section between the second chorus and then the outro stuff. Midi horns, that's true. Yeah. Um yeah, there's. I mean, there's a lot of those kinds of sounds. Obviously, there's a lot of MIDI sounds because we're using. I mean, there's a saxophone, I guess. Yeah, and not and only like a, a saxophone credit, but trumpets as well. Yeah, but it doesn't sound very like real brass, you know. Yeah, everything, whether the instruments are organic or not, sounds like it's been put through a synth at some point, or edited in such a way that it melds in with that more than it sounds like a yeah i suppose that's what it could be track. it could be yeah just like production mm-hmm. but i was coming to this assuming everything was sinclair but yeah i see the credits now so yeah and it's it's quite massive and i without seeing those credits i would assume <laughs> the same like it, it all sounds like it's synth work put together yeah and then like after that 
It's a lot of uh, continuing the same rhythms. And then, like, Michael Jackson does his, his like, ad-libby stuff, shouting, and his daggonets. Yeah, his daggonets. And, like, of course, you get yeah. both at the same time his, like, lower kind of strained sound and then his higher falsetto kind of yeah. overlapping. That's right. And, and your classic who's in there. Oh, oh. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a vocal arrangement. He's, he's coming at you from every angle with different Michael Jackson noises. And then we jump back mm-hmm. to, to that horn stuff, that horn s- section to outro out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even that yeah. guitar in there is like... like it yeah, there is like a funky guitar. I guess there is that instrumental section where you get that like really rounded guitar sound. Yeah. Which is going to be um, referenced a few times. Oh, yeah. Um, but before we get around to referencing anything else, we should probably talk about this 10 minute long music video. We should talk about this 10 minute long music video. It's part of a uh, feature film that you and I yeah. have seen. I, I think mostly like we watched it in like 10 to 15 minute segments split up on YouTube. Which oh, I, that's right. Which really made it feel like there were segments missing, but it's also a famously disjointed and like largely unintelligible film. Yeah. So maybe we weren't missing anything. It's hard to know. I mean, it's a pretty stupid fucking plot. It's <laughs> to get Joe Pesci playing Mr. Big, who's right, a, trying to get kids hooked on drugs. Um, and then three kids, I guess, find Michael Jackson somehow. And they're like, Michael Jackson, you got to help us get these drugs off the streets. One of those children is Sean Lennon, John oh, yeah. Lennon's son. Uh, and then. So for the context of this music video, Michael Jackson, a good smart man, says, hey, kids, meet me at this Club 30s, which is obviously a bar for adults and not for children. <laughs> but he's like, meet me there. We'll, we'll solve this thing. And then that's where this music video takes place. Kind of the centerpiece of the film, really. What inspired the video game? The only thing people remember about it in a positive light. Right, this because this was the smooth criminal music video, which was popular on... Like MTV. MTV. Yeah. I don't know which version they played, though that said, um, there are some references to the longer version of the video that well, we'll, yeah. that I'll bring up later. I, that yeah, I, I, so I, I don't know what version discussing. people would have known. Yeah, I mean, and they let they kind of let Michael Jackson have free reign on his music video. Like, sure, I guess like at this point he was like he was Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like, this was post-Thriller, post... Uh, what was the other one? Uh, black and I mean, black. bad. Post-Bad, post-Billy Jean, you know. Yeah. This is... Uh, oh, yeah, Billy Jean and Bad. This is all this, that's all the same album as this one. But oh, yeah, I, they, so. I think this one's the seventh single Maybe off of there, so it's a little... A little yeah, later down the line. seven singles? Like, seven that's insane. Singles. That's just, um, that's just really, like the, the whole, whole album. album. Yeah, like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> But I think, yeah, but post-Thriller, I'm pretty sure, and Thriller had oh, a big, massive uh, short film, basically, that plays in whole on, or at least did play in whole on MTV, so it wouldn't surprise me. Is Billie Jean on bad? Yeah, it is. Um, same, I want to say the same suit he wears. I don't see it. See, so, yeah, the suit he's wearing, um, ripped directly from that Fred Astaire musical. Uh, down to the tie and everything, and so Michael Jackson walks into this 1930s club. Billie Jean's a thriller. 
Billie Jean's off Thriller. Okay. Anyway, not bad. that important. I was just not that confused. Um, well, as you should be, because I told you a lie. <laughs> I tried to pass it off as the truth. Um, yeah, but it's a long video. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in this video. Yeah, basic premise. Jackson walks in. Usually in a film, this would be where you get the record scratch moment. You don't really get that. You just get people staring at it. Yeah, everything. But they that- weren't doing anything before, so... <laughs> true yeah it's it's the stranger walks into the bar and like creaks the board yeah and and everyone looks but it's not a saloon it's like a speakeasy yeah because everyone's like gangsters everybody's 1930s gangsters everyone's gangsters and so so as far as i can tell Mm -hmm. the narrative of this video is yeah michael jackson is like trying to take control of this bar he seems to already have supporters yeah and there's also like an enemy faction who he is fighting against yeah presumably joe pesci's boys i I guess but yeah he's got people who are willing to to dance down yeah particularly because like he starts dancing and then whole groups of dudes know his dance routine and dance with him yeah, like immediately right off the bat, he has people on his side. Yeah. Even though he's presented as an outsider from the start. But there's also people like looking at him from the stairs and stuff. Well, yeah, we do this like cowboy showdown off the bat where he he flicks his jacket like he's going to reveal a piece. Right. Yeah. It looks like he's going to yeah show his six shooter off. But yeah, no, no. it's a coin. It's a coin. He, he's flicks it into the jukebox. Starts the music, which Starts is actually like, I mean, that. That's fun. I mean, yeah, that's fucking gold. That's, <laughs> that's good stuff. So this was directed and choreographed, I think, by a man named Vincent Peterson, who's worked with Jackson, Madonna. He's done film commercials, all kinds of shit. Uh, and this won the best music video at the 1989 Brit Awards. Uh, and Jackson's fedora was bought in 2019 by Kim Kardashian for her child, Northwest. Just like, some, some which is cool, and like they have the money for it, but I'm sure you could have got the same one for much cheaper. Yeah, they sell <laughs> like, them at Halloween stores. Like this yeah. is a costume. It'll be you could have even like Dance probably Man got a something. custom one made. Oh, by for probably cheaper. Yeah, cord waner. No, yeah. that's shoes. I think. Uh, the cord waner. You know what? He'd probably make you one still. Makes new shoes. Yeah, um, there's a word for a hat maker. Um, that is not hat maker. Anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. Cobbler. Um, yeah, you could make a, a complete custom one because you are very wealthy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you got to have the same one because why not throw some change around? Yeah, buddy. So yeah, Michael Jackson comes in here and sort of writes wrongs. He, uh, I mean, I guess we got the white hat, black hat iconography at play because he's yeah, all in true. white. I guess, um, I mean, it was originally mm-hmm. supposed to be a Western, was it not? Did I think did you read so. that somewhere? I read that somewhere. Like it was yeah. gonna be a Western video, and they were they decided not to go with that, but they went with gangsters instead. So there's still some of that. And I wonder. I haven't. I'm not like big on noir. Not yeah. that I dislike it. I just don't know much about it. But do they share some iconography in that way between? Because like they're both kind of American, right? Yeah, it's American, and it kind of deals with outlaws and and you know because you can be a a good like like private detectives aren't really cops right which typically they're the subject of a film noir so i'm not sure if you get it down to the like white hat black hats but there is certainly there's got to be some similarities right there's some some running urban rural versions of and this is what i'm talking about like when i say it's like an amusement park ride this was supposed to be a wild west music video and then they're like yeah a little couple chains ups here boom now it's a 1930s (laughs) saloon like (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> exactly. And like in terms of the amusement park thing, he's kind of like walking like the video is him moving through this place too. Yes. So like there's some of that there too. Yeah, like you could put it on rails almost and yeah. be on the Michael Jackson ride. Yeah, because he's going through and like observing and sometimes interacting with scenes, basically. Like you said, he's yeah. writing wrongs. Like there's one bit where like very obvious like voiceover says like, Hey, come here. And there's this lady who's like, wait a minute. And he just like comes over and like saves the lady. That's right. And then they like, dance a bit. They dance a bit. There's dudes gambling and then Michael Jackson fucking just annihilates one of them. Is that the pool table? No, that's uh, well, yeah, the pool table I think comes just Oh yeah, after that's after. That. That's after. That's after. He like breaks up the gambling on the floor and then yeah, he fucking crushes a cue ball on his yeah. bare hand. <laughs> it just like flies up, he just grabs and crushes and like throws the dust in someone's yeah, face. Yeah, blows it in this guy's face. So yeah, I, what is also oh, crazy man. in here is cuz like this is obviously supposed to be like a family-friendly kind of experience, I think. Sure. Despite despite Michael Jackson like getting with women, but he's he's also supposed to be a good guy, and he fucking kills a man in cold blood. He shoots a man. He to does death shoot a guy. He does have video. a gun. <laughs> he has a gun. Uh, but that guy just like turns into a, a shadow on the wall, like it That's was a right. nuclear explosion. Yeah. Um, oh, there's another part. Okay, so it doesn't show someone getting shot, but this is right before he saves the woman. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a a gunshot, and then a guy does a backflip, like he just got. Sh- shot kind of but he also like obviously did a backflip right it's kind of funny that is kind of fun and then he like michael jackson just like steps over him <laughs> yeah that man yeah that fucking guy he shoots turns into an outline on the wall <laughs> yeah although that guy was attacking him with a knife to be fair that's yeah to be fair it was self-defense um cool shot of him going down the like the fire escape stairs that's true that is cool it's like the outside of a building but on the inside it's yeah. also like i've been playing dark souls so oh, that yeah. just felt very at home to me yeah so uh, going down like that. A shortcut but then it goes back up goes yeah back it, up afterwards one of those the shortcuts you only use once yeah sometimes yeah you gotta maintain your progress somehow or create a one-way uh door yeah um he spins and dances so hard that he busts one of the roof lights is that what that's from? Yeah, that's like his, that's like the thing. So around 510. Yeah. He fucking hits it, and then it's like, oh, and then fucking glass shatters. like everything just like shuts down for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and we get like some, this is where they like added in some instrumentals and stuff, and they do a acapella section of Annie, Are You Okay? Oh, there's also like Jesus a whistle Christ that's superstar. very spaghetti western. Yeah. Uh, the other thing in this section is, like, compared to the rest of the music video, which is just the song audio, mm-hmm. for the most part, um, it sounds like it was recorded in this room, or, like, a different room. Yeah, it sounds like it's actually, like... Like film recording as opposed yeah. to music recording. But, yeah, it's seven minutes into this video that we actually get the lean. Yeah, and even, I mean, I'll talk about it more later, but in the single version, which is four minutes long, it's, like, right at the end. Yeah. After, on YouTube, the, like, choose your next video things popped up. Yeah, so that's, that's like, omitted. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Um, But, yeah, because that's when they they restart. 
Um, also, they show some shots of like the the kids looking into the, the bar. Kids look, and then, yeah, dancing outside. Dancing outside. Yeah, it cuts to the kids and he's like, I could dance. I showed him everything he knows. I showed him everything he knows. And then starts to do some some dancing. It's pretty yeah. good. Pretty, what is it? Why do we have such a fascination with children dancing at a professional level? Is it because they're just small people, or like because because like known normally for being kids clumsy. are very awkward, yeah, yeah. So you're like, what? That kid's got it together, which is like, I don't want to see kids who got it together. They just make me like jealous. I know they make me look more like shit than I like. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's and then uh, Mr. Big SWAT team arrives. That's true. You can see like they're they're like marching around. So through the windows, you can see their shadows. Yeah. Um, even though Michael Jackson has now taken control of this bar, they get surrounded by the enemy. The kids get napped. That's right. Um, and then Michael Jackson pulls out a Tommy gun and just starts to That's fire. That's right! And, like, doesn't break any glass. Okay, he, and, and just, like, just no kind of aiming. He fires fire. like a lunatic. I assume it's suppressive fire? I don't know, because he's but just kind of escapes after like, that. Like, some of his now friends, presumably up in the rafters there, like, up on the second floor... That's true. It is very dangerous. It's very irresponsible. To fire a machine gun inside. But then the well, the, the gang gets him out of there, and then they kind of sit by the door, and, and they're like, we're not going to let anybody get to Michael Jackson. Yeah. He's one of us, brother. And that's the video. That's the video. It's, right? um, yeah, it's, you know, mostly escapes. intense dancing, but also a lot of insanity in between. Yeah, I, I, a lot. I mean, the choreography is pretty cool. Like, there's often a lot of layers. Yeah. So, like, things will be happening. Like, maybe Michael Jackson's dancing, and sometimes he'll be synchronized, and everyone will be doing the same dance. But sometimes mm-hmm. people will be doing other dances in front and behind and all around or moving across. So, like, there's layers in that way. Yeah. So, very. it's a very, like, dynamic and, like, busy video. But I wouldn't say it takes... um like focus away from from you know Michael Jackson. No, it certainly highlights him. I mean, it's hard to miss him in the white suit and like True. otherwise very just, dark. Yeah, kind of like generally a bustling environment. Yeah, and then it's like boom, here's some fucking sick group dances. <laughs> here's some just kids for a bit. Here's some kids for a bit. Just in case you forgot, this is from a movie. Uh, yeah, and that's the music video. Yeah, there's a shorter version. Uh, with. Most of this, like, it's just cut some stuff out, obviously. Uh, so the intro, it's a bunch of the intro isn't there. Uh, you don't see the kids at the start. You do see the kids later on, but it's, like, without context. Yeah. So just, like, you see the kids peeking over the fence or looking into the bar window. And, like, there's a brief shot of the kid dancing, but that's it. Like, you don't know why there's kids there randomly. <laughs> yeah, if you're not, yeah. Well, like... Not that you did really before, but, like, there's a bit more context. Yeah, there's slightly more context. Um, but, the the yeah. shot with the cue ball cuts right before he crushes it, so you don't get that. Damn. Um, and the guy, you don't see the guy with the knife, so like you see people peering at him like from behind things, and then he just like doesn't deal with that. Right. It's all suspense with no payoff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they don't do the bit where they like break down and the window breaks. Right. That's the short version. That's the short version. That's the long and short of Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal. Yeah. We gotta get into some covers here, Alex. Oh, I didn't gotta... watch the HD version. Oh, yes, I well, did. Never mind. Yeah. Okay, it's all good. All right, you're it's all good. good. The year is 2001. The band yep. Alien Ant Farm. Alien Ant Farm. This is the big one. Okay. 
This is the big this one. Is, so this I've is known about this for a long time, but I never took the time to actually listen to it. Oh, really? I probably knew about this one before I knew the original. I yeah, I never. I don't have a relationship with like post grunge or new metal, basically. Okay. So I, uh, I did have that. It was called the radio. We kind of used these yeah. in the early two thousands to listen to music. That's amazing. How does it I, work? I honestly couldn't tell you. Uh, <laughs> magic, man. <laughs> essentially, it's magic. They beam it to you. I mean, you begin the day with a friendly voice, a companion unobtrusive. Yeah. It, it, what that I does, mean, that's really. that's what it is in spirit. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of know the spirit of it more than, <laughs> uh, than the science this, I don't understand. Yes, this is Alien Ant Farm. They are a band from this era, obviously. Uh, they have a look and sound that is quite, in my opinion, rooted in this time period. Oh, yeah. Um, which is the kind of aggressive sounding uh, rock and roll that is like related to grunge a bit. But it's 2001, yeah, so it's not it's like the same. But it, you know, it comes from that. Yeah, this isn't Nirvana or Pearl Jam. It's yeah. sort of the afterbirth of that. Right. They get called like alt metal and new metal as well. Um, yeah. There's no hip hop really in this, or not. No. There's not like rapping, for sure. Yeah, they definitely have that vibe to just even looking at them in the music video. They look like new metal artists. Right. Baggy shirts, baggy pants. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you'd call that haircut. Uh, I think that's called a buzz cut. But like he's got like a, a line down the middle. It looks oh, like a part, yeah. but it's like a buzz cut with a part. A buzz part? Yeah. Weird. Um, so the second single from their second studio album called Anthology. <laughs> <laughs> their first album was called Greatest Hits, which I think is a funny joke. <laughs> that is. Um, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's also, I think, very like characteristic of the humor at the time. I don't know why I think that. No, I feel like that's kind of the the moves. It's like like jokes that I would want to make, but I can't because someone already has. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I would love to make a band called or an album called Greatest Hits that greatest wasn't hits. a Greatest Hits. Or album. like, is it REM? They have an album that's just titled Eponymous. That's right. Yeah, that kind of thing. That's a good good bit. Um, so apparently they used to play the riff to this while warming up before gigs, and then eventually audience members would be like, play Smooth Criminal, and they're like, yeah, right, we'll play Smooth Criminal. And then they did that enough times that they're like, well, let's put it on the album. And then, boom, it hit number one on the Billboard Modern Raw tracks, number one in Australia, number three in the UK, top ten in several other countries. Fucking, it just took off. And yeah, and then this one is one that I get seen mentioned, where like, what are the greatest covers of all time? And it's like, oh, of course, Alien Ant Farm's cover. Just random people on the internet, you know. People like this song, is what I'm trying to say. It's, I, I, I like it. I think it's good. Yeah. Gr- greatest cover of all time, or one of them? I mean, that's pretty. That's a strong thing. Um, that's stretch, but it is one of the most successful covers, maybe, of all yeah. time. And and I think also successful, like, musically speaking. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't stray that far away from the original, but, mm. like, it doesn't sound like the original either. No. Uh, like musically, the most varied part is probably the pre-chorus, which just sounds a little different to me. Like the way he sings it, Annie, you okay? You okay? You okay? Annie is different from Annie. Are you okay? Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Sounds a little Annie. more sung. Yeah, it's a little more sung. That's kind of your biggest difference because otherwise, it is just like, what if we put everything through a rock and roll filter? It's a simple trick, but it works to great effect here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like. 
we've talked about the baseline. Obviously, it's a very prominent part of the original. Yeah, they do that, but like it's on everything. You know, they get the yeah heavy distortion. Yeah. Um, and you get little references right off the bat. It kind of starts out with a little bit of a noise in the background while the riff plays, and you can hear one of them do the a little. I don't know. Yeah, they have little bits like that. And even like, it feels more like a reference when they do it in the choruses because they don't really go into the high falsetto, but they kind of have like a backup vocalist doing some of that. Those parts. Yeah. Hi. Because that's not really their style, you know, but they still have it there. Mm hmm. Yeah, it has that kind of like fucking around feel of the 90s where you do feel like this is just some lads having a good time. It does have that feeling. And that's probably a big part of why people still like it. Yeah. I find people often do respond to that sort of thing. I mean, I certainly do. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> um, what else is there to say about this one? Um, yeah, in the chorus, you get like clanging on the drums there. A bit more like open cymbal going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of, I mean, they got a guitar solo in here. There's also their, like, instrumental part. Right. Um, so after they get through, you know, some verses and choruses, uh, they go into instrumentals, and they kind of have, like, a this big, like, flanger-type guitar sound, and then yeah. a bunch of, like, vocalizations, and that's, like, a big Michael Jackson thing. That's but, right. And, and, of course, their vocalizations are closer to more like a, a new metal. Like, it wouldn't be out of place with, like, yeah. Disturbs, Down with the Sickness. There's... <laughs> yeah, it's got that like screamier sound, but it does sound very like cut together. Yes, um, as opposed to just something that he's doing on his own. What That's else? really the song, man. The I song. mean, what else That's can we parts. say about it? Yeah. Now, of course, um, it's accompanied by a music video. It is. It is accompanied by a music video. Uh, a similar to the song, uh, music video is a lot of fun. You yeah, know? and there's a lot of references to other Michael Jackson things. Yeah. Some of which I didn't necessarily get. Like, one seemed like a reference, but I wasn't sure what two. Okay. Uh, we'll yeah. get to that. Um, um, I don't think the boxing ring is a reference, at least not as far as I know. No, not the boxing ring. That's just a reference. I mean, I'll too. say it right now. So later on, there's a part mm-hmm. where it's like, this like screen is split into three. Okay. Yeah. I-, I wasn't sure if that was a reference to a Michael Jackson video. Oh, I'm not sure. I thought that was maybe it's- just like, the 90s kind of seemed like it would have been but yeah also i don't know what to so maybe maybe yeah so the conceit here is they're playing like a backyard show in a in a wrestling ring and people are losing their minds yeah yeah they're they're in this like i mean i guess it's the same environment you get these like amateur wrestling uh yeah uh shows i guess uh but they yeah they have their instruments on there yeah, so that's how it opens. Um, we cut pretty quickly to a kid in a surgical mask doing some, some Jackson-style dance Yeah, moves. which I didn't question at all. I was like, yeah, it's pandemic times. But no, this video was made 20 years ago. I know, right? Uh, I think so Michael like, Jackson wore a surgical mask at one point. That is like, correct. In public? Yeah. So when Jackson saw the video, apparently originally asked that that scene be removed. He was like, I don't like you making fun of my illness. And then later he was like, actually, it's okay, leave it in. And so there's two versions of the music video, one with the the kid in it and one without. 
Huh. Yeah, I guess at the time he was. I I, I see like because he like got his got like plastic surgery. Yeah. Got their like rhinoplasty. So maybe I don't know if he was just covering that or that's what he was accused of doing. But it's a Michael Jackson reference, is the point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, watching it in 2022 for you, yeah, it was like it was yeah. nothing. I saw like, it. I was oh, like, yeah, of course he's wearing a surgical mask. I was like, I had to look and I was like, did I? Is this a remake? Somebody's done of the music video because I was like, why the fuck is there a kid in a mask here? But yeah, it's a Michael Jackson reference. Uh, a couple other references. So. Right after that, during the first pre-chorus, the band, which there's four guys, so not the drummer, but yeah. the three guys who are standing, guitarist, bassist, and singer, they start to do like this really continuous, like lean. Yeah, they do the anti-gravity lean. They do. Um, just it's, it lasts for such a long time; it's funny. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're just like staring at the camera and leaning. Yeah, and continuing to play their instruments, like they have to play their, <laughs> or at least mime playing them because it's a music video while they're doing these leans. So yeah, that's yeah. The fun part. Um, you get a woman in a uh, like a Teen Wolf costume. Yeah, like a werewolf mask. Yeah, is that a thriller reference? I think it's a thriller reference. Yeah, okay. Uh, in and a bikini, she jumps into a pool. Yeah. Which I don't think the pool is a thriller reference, but I don't know no, I think that's well. just a that's again, it's just early two thousands. Yeah. You get him sitting in a, a hand chair with a, a a monkey in a diaper. That's Bubbles. Is Bubbles the monkey? I don't know. Is that a That's, reference? Yeah, Michael Jackson's famous monkey companion. Oh. Who I think even features in the, the Moonwalker film. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's your other reference yeah. there. You got that. Okay. Um, and of course, the light up uh, tiles. Right. It kind of changes. Um, the scene changes there on the front lawn. Now it's nighttime. It's nighttime. Yeah. And then, yeah, they're stepping on the sidewalk and it's lighting up. Yes. And then eventually he touches a mailbox and it lights up as well. Oh, yeah, because he's like creating a circuit. Yeah. Uh, that's Billie a Billie Jean, Jean, Billie Jean video reference. Uh, had, I know I'd seen that one before, but I couldn't remember what the video was. I had to look it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I know that video for some um, reason. I remember seeing it on like MTV. It was like video list of like good videos. I don't think I ever saw the video. But they okay. were like, this is, I remember seeing this video when I was a kid and it was like really cool because the sidewalk lit up. I'm like, all right, great. Yeah, it was cool. It was kind of like everything Jackson touched lit up, and then he like flips a coin into a, a homeless guy's cup, and then the guy gets like a fucking cool suit. <laughs> but he's asleep the whole time, so he doesn't he didn't know what's going on. Doesn't even on. know. He's gonna wake up with a suit on. Yeah. Uh, we get the crotch grab and yep. and glass explosion on top of a car. Right. He jumps on top of a car, and it's just like the windows explode out. Which yeah, yeah another reference to the. Smooth Criminal video. Smooth criminal video. Um, there's another thing he's doing around this time, I, and I wasn't sure what to make of it. They're like, it seems like he's like really forcing a smile. Okay. I don't know if that means anything. If that's like a Michael Jacksonism. But like, they all kind of do like this forced smile for a bit, particularly the lead singer because he gets the most yeah. like video time, screen time. Anyway, oh, yeah, especially like when he's sitting with the monkey and stuff. Yeah, and maybe he's trying to look. Like, because monkeys kind of do that, but that's, I think, aggressive for monkeys. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's that monkey might have attacked him if you saw what was going on there. Uh, there's some other, there's some like guys thriller dancing on the on the lawn. Yeah, some old guys also the do the, the crotch grab too. Um, and then, yeah, that split shot thing that might be a reference, but I don't know. 
Um, and the only other thing I have is right at the end. Uh, the there's a guy who has a mohawk made out of like cutlery. Yeah, and he has lizard eyes. And he has lizard eyes. What's going on with him? I mean, I know like part of the thriller video is Michael Jackson's eyes kind of turn yellow. Oh yeah, I don't think they get slitted, but there might be a reference to that. It gets turned into cutlery, but (laughs) yeah, I don't know what the color is about. It's it's a look. It's a look. I'll say that unnerving but yeah, yeah that's the alien ant farm video uh yeah good stuff good good fucking early 2000s new metal whatever you want to call it i like it <laughs> yeah it's a fun version um a different version released in the same year by javier alvarez javier yeah what's his thing he's a he's a mexican composer apparently yeah. very well known in Mexico. oh no you might have grabbed the right guy, wrong guy alex think of the wrong guy yeah this guy's the spanish songwriter who likes pop music oh yeah that makes more sense all right fortunately i only had one bullet point on him so yeah um, so forget that Javier Alvarez, composer, and then Javier Alvarez, songwriter on Wikipedia, and he is songwriter. Oh, see, I looked at the picture, I was like, yeah, I could see that guy. But then, he's also 65. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well. That's what happens when you're lazy. Yeah. Anyway, you said Spanish singer-songwriter? Yeah, and and like his whole article is just like mentioning when he released LPs and stuff, so he's not a huge deal. But okay. this album is listed on his discography, so that's how I knew it was the correct one. I see. But yeah, he releases like a, a pirate shanty version of Smooth Yeah, Carnival. it slows it way down, um, much more of a like Mediterranean feel, which yes. makes sense because he's Spanish. Yes. Um, so there's accordion, lots of like snare drum. I don't know if that's relevant, but there is. Uh, and acoustic guitar. Yeah. And then, like, a plotting bass line here, too. It's a real boom, 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 boom. Yeah, and, like, it doesn't have the bass riff. No. Um, I described it as defanged. I don't know why, but I did. Oh, it's um, very soft, this version. It is. Uh, so, like, they're outlining more or less that bass part, but it's just strumming on an acoustic guitar as yeah. a chord progression. And, but it also has a lot of, like, like decorations and flourishes between notes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it does make it feel softer, and there's not as much of that like bam, bam, like separation between the notes. Everything kind of flows yeah. in a different way. And like even the the parts where he is, like he's layering his vocals in the pre-chorus, and the are you okay? Are you okay? It's it's very uh, it's almost soothing. <laughs> like it yeah, doesn't have that yeah, same it's very soft intensity behind it. Yeah, it doesn't have the intensity. It doesn't have the uh, urgency, but it feels a lot more like folkish. Yes, because of that. And there's also a lot of layers. Yeah, um, oh yeah. I think, like, I think the instrumentation on this one is interesting, and there's a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And that if it didn't have that, like, if they tried to, like, if it was just a, like, singer-songwriter with a guitar, for example, yeah. it would be a lot more, like, repetitive and boring. But the instrumentation, I think, saves this one. I, yeah, I would agree. It's, you got that accordion going on, which provides a very distinct flavor. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you got guitar kind of weaving in and out. There's a almost marching at times drum rhythm. It's a much more compelling <laughs> instrumentation than, yeah, your typical singer-songwriter affair. 
Yeah, I guess the the snare adds some like forward motion to it. Yeah, that it might be lacking otherwise. Yeah, so it is soft, but it's not uh, not without motion. Yeah, it's soft like, and it's slower, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Than the thing you said. Um. Yeah. All in all, like a very <laughs> a very chill version, a chill almost like folk version. <laughs> yeah. He also says yeehoo. Yee-hoo. He says, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, um, I have that note here too. Yee-hoo. So <laughs> there's a bit of, I mean, it's not yeehaw quite, but like it's very similar. Very similar. Um, but I guess that would lend it to the folky thing. Yeah, and he gets a female vocalist for the harmonies. Well, that's right. After Does... the yee-hoos. Um, do I have, yeah, like higher female vocal part. Singing some of the lyrics. Oh, yeah. I don't actually have anything to say about that other than that it exists. Cool. That it exists. Um, and he like his focus point really seems to be that pre-chorus, which makes sense. That's in some ways the most memorable part of the song because that's what we ride out on. And it lasts for such a long time. Yeah, and it's very repetitive. So that's the part you you sticks in your mind. Yeah. And so yeah, our exit is him layering that, layering in the female harmonies, and then slowly fading out on us. Yeah, interesting. Not uh, not not a version I expected to hear coming into this. No, and not something I necessarily expected to like right off the bat. Yeah, but, but I thought it was decent. Left a pretty decent impression on me. Now we're gonna tread into the treacherous waters of jazz. Oh, jazz with, covers with yeah. the Valiant Thieves in two thousand eight. Penny, are you okay? Yes, described themselves as sounding like Diana Krall went to her high school reunion, met Cindy Lauper, had a love child, found a killer jazz combo, and recorded a CD. But just one. Just one, yep. Yeah, they just have the one album. They also have a MySpace page, but it has not been really kept up. No. Some broken um, images and links. Um, Gotta love that. They're a Canadian jazz quartet. That was the only other piece of info I was really able to find on them. Yeah. So there's definitely some jazz stuff going on, definitely some pop stuff going on. Um, I thought, first of all, the intro is kind of neat because it like it's got weird timing. It doesn't actually have weird timing, but it seems like it does. Right. Um, like if you listen to the 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 symbol, that's what it's called. Um, it's in four four time, and the whole thing's in four four time. But like yeah. the, it's, it's kind of. I don't know if it's cla- a clave rhythm exactly, but it reminded me of that. I would call it clave-esque, if nothing else. Sure. Um, that kind of throws off, like, certainly threw off my counting when I was trying to base it on that. Right. So it, like, took a while trying to figure out if they were, like, throwing an extra beat in somewhere. I don't think they did, though. It's just that. And then that's just the start. That's the only place that happens. Yeah, you get that. You get the piano going in. Um we kind of set up that this is a jazz piece. Get ready for some yeah, jazz. It is, and it does it does jazz stuff. I mean, it does. Yeah. So we get a, do get a piano solo in here. We get uh, yeah. those sorts of elements, but we're still at a tight three and a half minutes here. Yep, they don't go crazy. Mm-hmm. They don't go crazy. Um, and the vocals, they do have like a bit of Cindy Lauper in there. You know, there's some like kind of nasaliness to them. Yeah. Um, and the way she kind of like speaks somewhere is like, like on the word doom, she like whispers it basically. Doom. 
yeah, it's very jazz theater. It's like, yeah. uh, it's performed, you know? Yeah. And it also kind of has that like close mic jazz kind of soft singing style. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, soft singing. She really, uh, She's not going for the speed of the original. It's not Annie. Are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? It's Annie. Are you okay? So only yeah, they half slow it way down. Repetitions in there. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, and really spread it out. So like it's the same amount of time, but like you said, cuts it in half basically. Um, and then as they move into the chorus, it starts to speed up. So they're kind of still introducing this idea of like mounting urgency. Yeah. But they start like really slow. Yeah. And she does the rise up at the end of the pre-chorus. Are you okay? That's true. Yeah. We, we hit the heights of like soft jazz in the chorus. (laughs) It's... (laughs) It's a rising intensity, but it's never like pounding it's not like a thumping need to true although once they get into the like you've been hit by you know oh yeah you gotta have a little bit of a little bit of that there a little bit of that um and i actually really liked the solo yeah i thought it came it played its part and it left it (laughs) (laughs) anytime a jazz solo comes on i'm ready to spend the next you know six minutes of my life wondering what the fuck we're doing here but no, I thought the solo on this was well played. I thought, yeah, you know, it it plays well with the rest of the piece, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. Yeah, yeah, and I thought once again it had did a pretty good job of like making the urgency apparent. I think with both the vocals and the rhythm, but I understand the way the vocals did it better than the way the rhythm does it. Yeah. So. I would I agree with that. Yeah, both there. And I would say uh, with, you know, with Smooth Criminal, at least visually drawing on 1930s gangsters and things of that nature. True. Um, a jazz, Soft film jazz. noir kind of vein. mic stuff. Yeah, Definitely. that's that plays perfect with the sort of like crime themes at play here. So it's a it's a pretty smart take. And I think performed well without you know too much self-indulgence into you know here's the the solo rotation everybody gets a gets a bite of the solo like right it's just a quick solo yeah yeah and it's not i mean it's shorter than the original yeah shorter than the original um some vocal ad-libs and the piano solo that we exit on nice it's good this is a good version uh, let's move on to two cellos, two cellos in 2011, the Croatian cellist duo. Yeah, I swear we've talked about them, but I cannot remember what song it was for. I know I've seen the name before. I could not tell you why. We I know couldn't these guys. find what song it was. I was looking through their songs. I mean, I wasn't. It's not very effective to look through our playlist because there's so many of them. Right, there's too goddamn many of them at this point. Um, and they've done a lot of cover songs, so yeah, I couldn't find yeah, it. So I you... thought I found it. Couldn't. Mm-hmm. Here's what we did find is that they featured on Glee and The Bachelor, so there's actually a Glee version of Smooth Criminal with these guys playing the instrumentals. Um, I opted against using that version because I found the performance on that was a little flatter here, whereas I think 
What makes this version interesting is the dynamics they display with, like their name implies, or explies, really, two cellos. Two cellos. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, uh, we've talked about this before, I tend to often like it when the string players really dig in, mm-hmm. as they are doing here. Oh, yeah. Um, it is like fully extreme aggressive cello playing. It sure um, fucking is. Which, I mean, I, talk, I keep talking about urgency. Yeah, comes across on this one. Oh, yeah, almost off the bat. We get some tension building at the start, some low ambient. I think they also like they have the heartbeat. Yeah. No one else does the heartbeat. Yeah, they do that heartbeat. I believe that is also played on the cello. Oh, wait, actually, there is first a cello one, then they get an actual heartbeat in there. Anyway, uh... Anyway, yeah, these guys come in there, and it's, of course, pretty faithful to the original, because you're an instrumental version, so you can't go sure. too far off the beaten track. But they also tuck in a reference to uh, Billie Jean in there. I missed that. Where is it? Uh, boom, 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 in the breakdown section. Oh, yeah. I should have caught that. <laughs> so that's, yeah, when they go into the breakdown section, they kind of split into two. Honestly, I swear there's more than two cellos at one point. I believe there is, and I think <laughs> they must be layering stuff, but I, th- I yeah. think it is just two cellos. Like, I think it is cellos being played throughout. Yeah. Um, yeah, one is being plucked, though, and that's yes. playing that bass line you were mentioning. Um, but they also have a few other uh, cool things, like, um, I mean, before that, uh, mm-hmm. when because they're both playing, they can do, like, the vocal part and also, like, some layers on it, yeah. right? And because the vocal part follows sometimes the, like, it works, you're not missing out on that, mm-hmm. even though you're playing the vocal part, so that's good, um, probably for them. Um, and. Yeah, when you get those, like, I'll play the vocals, you play the backup vocals kind of thing, and then you start to get those interaction between the layers, and that has a cool sound. Yeah. And then also some stuff where they, like, do some, like, like where they hold it, like, uh, on smooth criminal, and they, like, do the slide. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get that real, I don't yeah. even know if it's a slide, but, you know. Some real good. They have use some of, good sounds, man. Yeah, I mean, we talked about a really shitty cover called like, and this was months ago at this point, but their name was like Marimba Artist or something, right? And uh, you're like, okay, they're gonna have some fascinating marimba work, and they didn't. They had like a mini right. marimba in there, and then some bullshit orchestration around it. I do this remember that. Is two cellos, and what they give you is two fucking cellos that like they know these instruments so yeah when they're playing those slides when they're digging in it comes from knowing your fucking instrument and so it sounds great yeah it's just yeah playing like real hard Mm -hmm. the whole time yeah and playing into the vibe of the original so like because we already know the lines and the general tone of the original they're just delivering the cello version of that so you like grind into that fucking string on like the Andes. Are you okay? You do the slides. It's it's fucking cool. Yeah, it's a cool version. Very expressive. Very expressive. And they do a little, uh, yeah, they do their little breakdown section, which you know reference some other Michael Jackson work, and then just kind of build up from there. And they do. They even do the 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 I don't know ad libs and the the daggonets at the end with the the cello. <laughs> they do because they have yeah multiple tracks. Yeah, 
That's tight. Um, did you watch the music video for this? I did watch the music video. Yeah. Um, pretty simple. It is. It's like basically they're fighting. I think over a girl. Yes. But they're like in a room with a bunch of chairs knocked over, playing cellos at each other. Yeah. Which yeah, I think makes some sense in terms of like the feel of the song. Mm-hmm. But also like they really need to collaborate at times. Like, they're very clearly harmonizing, so they're they're, they're, angry at each other, but they're like, we're also working together. We're also working together. Well, yeah. And you can also see, like, this, the, like, um, I guess threads or hairs or whatever on their bows have snapped from playing so hard. Damn, dude. Yeah. That is some intense playing. Um, yeah, so it starts out with them at a bar, and one dude rolls over to the table where the guy's sitting with the girl, and he's like, oi, you, that's my girl, or something. There's no words. Then yeah, we get them in this hall with uh, just a bunch of some chairs knocked over, and that's the majority of it. Is close ups on them playing there, it's fucking grinding in. And then at the end, we get like the conclusion to the story where the girl's like, "No, I fucked the both of you," and she leaves. <laughs> you guys are idiots. All right, they actually like push each other a bit. Like, yeah, physically fight. Yeah, there's a May- bit of a I mean, scuffle. I. I assume the cello thing is a metaphor, but yeah, I would imagine it's a pretty simple premise. Yeah. And then, that's pretty much the video. Like yeah. that's what happens. It's not like a, an amazing narrative, but it is neat to see them actually play the song. Yes, I think that's the cool part of it is them sitting in, and even the simple shot of them in that that performance hall with some chairs just kind of scattered to the ground and them in a in a sort of showdown style. It's a good looking shot. Yeah, even without the rest of it. Yeah, that would be yeah. very cool. Very cool. So that's two cellos. Let's talk about the sex bots in 2014. Yeah, let's talk about the sex bots. Description I have is an avant art pop experiment. Yes. Directed by Ilima Considine. That's what I've got as well. Um, they got a Bandcamp page. Uh, how I would describe them is like Shushu Light. Yeah, I also compared them to Shushu. Um, I mean, I'm always cautious when someone describes themselves. They don't describe themselves as weird, but right. that's the vibe I get off. Um, yeah, that's and, what you get from the words art and experiment. Yeah, also they say avant art pop. They don't say avant-garde. Which I thought yeah, was what, interesting, because like, that's technically how weird it's are. probably like it's implied, but it's just French for before. Yeah. So, um, anyway, what else? So it's pretty close. Like, as far as like considering they describe themselves as avant-garde, that really the only thing they do that's kind of weird is the vocals. Yeah, they had the the vocalist run a marathon before coming in, so she's just out of breath. <laughs> yeah. So it's very very breathy, high, even like like almost like baby voice. Yeah, like maybe that's just your voice. Some people sound like that. Some people but sound that's like babies what it their whole like. lives. Yeah, um, and that's why. Um, yeah, like it's got that like shoo shoo like off kilter vibe. But there's, I think there's a reason yeah, we talk about shoo shoo. You know, we refer to them back to them pretty frequently. Yeah, it's because they feel like the the real deal. And even yeah, in and their it's actually like kind of weird oddball vocals. There's dynamics doing, like, like 
they do and they're like why would you do that like that's just bizarre whereas this is like why would you do that it's not that yeah like shushu's inscrutable whereas these guys are very scrutable like yeah it's, it's, it's just i mean mo- it's mostly just like the original recreated on more modern synthesizers and like kind of lacking the snappiness yeah modern and cheaper you lose out on that that sharp production value and replace it with just parts that function right it's like yeah we talked and then about there's that one bit version. where she moans. Yeah, yeah. After the second verse. Yeah, she moans after the second <laughs> verse. Like, ah. At just once. Yeah. And that's uh that's really this one. It's kind of well, I was gonna say we talked about a version of Whippet that is similar. Like it was just like cheap production instruments, kooky vocals, uh, in quotation marks, and right. and then you know, you fucking tie it up, tie a bow on it. Now, did you watch the music video for this one? I missed the music video for this one. There is a music video. Also, it's low budget. It's about a guy who, like, lives. Oh no! With, I watched some. It's like I like saw it. And I was like, ah, oh, this is just their home video footage. <laughs> stopped watching. Stopped watching it. Yeah, no. It's uh, he like lives with stuffed animal tigers that are genuinely. So like most of the video is just like him sitting in a spot, and then somebody throws a tiger at him, and then he pretends like he's being attacked by it. By a tiger. And then they do that bit like twenty times. Yeah, they don't even. Yeah, that was. I was like, ah, fuck this. Yeah, in terms of like what it offers, it's about visually the equivalent of what the music is. I would say. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, they're consistent. Consistent, if nothing else, they have they've they've hit their tone just right, I guess. But yeah, it's not for me. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really enjoy this one. It's very no. like giggle tee he kooky. Giggle tee hee kooky. Um, well, let's fucking move on to our last version then. Tony Sakar and Jean Rodriguez in 2015. Yeah. Got some like Latin music artists. Latin music, uh, and for some reason, increasingly difficult to find the longer this week went on. Yeah, this was on the Spotify playlist, and then we had to use a YouTube video that itself got delisted. Like the same day, I sent you that link for it because I like clicked on it and it worked for me. And I was like, okay, cool, full. Send this to Alex, and then I went to do notes that night, and it was like this video is gone. <laughs> What the fuck? So like, there's we're we're like embroiled in some legal battle or something. Yeah, yeah like something is happening here, and I refuse to give up. I just like because I was like, oh, maybe we'll just leave it off, and then I was like, no, they're trying to cut us off from the stores yeah. here. Of what is honestly pretty good cover. Like, I like this one. Yeah, I mean, it's very like I can't necessarily comment on like Latin style music in like in an informed way. But, but it sounds like pretty decent, like Latin style version of uh, of Smooth Criminal to me. Yeah, so we've got um, it's Tony got all Sakar. the parts there. I would say it sounds like other Latin music I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I would say there are some tropes in it, like the piano yeah. in particular. Ah, is... uh, yes, we talked about it a couple weeks ago the Montuno. Yeah, Montuno. Like that's classic, and you could kind of rip that and put that in just about a fucking thousand different songs, but. It at least conveys energy, which this version has a lot of. So, Tony Sakar is a Peruvian American percussionist, composer, arranger, band leader, and producer. And then Jean Rodriguez is a Puerto Rican singer. Mm-hmm. So, they've come together here. You got his vocals, 
And you got Tony Scar putting everything together in the back. Yeah, and I think also playing a drum. Yes. So I'm looking at, there's like a live version. Right, or you like a studio that live, live version. version. He's got maybe something. I'm going to say timbales, but I'm not sure. From this angle, I can't tell. Mm-hmm. He's so got yeah, a few yeah. drums, actually. He's got like a, a few drums. Well, it's a, a very rich percussion section. It's, it's yeah, as you, you often get from, you know, Latin music. Yeah, Latin music. World beat, as some might call it. Some might. As soon as you get those drums changed up. But yeah, you get horns on this. Um, you get a synth bass, but then also it sometimes it sounds like a real bass. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know what to um, make of that. But Watching this live-ish version, do I see a bass? I don't. Oh, no, there's a bass. There might be both. Yeah, I think in the pre-chorus, it's a real bass. Doing this kind of like root octave thing that's present in the original. This boom, boom, That didn't sound like a root octave when I said it out loud, but hey, fuck it. Uh, so we get that. We get some glistens when we get into that pre-chorus. Um, a very kind of a classic pop style vocals, like a very modern sounding pop vocal performance. I would say. Yeah. yeah. Fits in with the style. Um, and then, like, in the last minute and a half yeah. or so, becomes, like, a di- like different song? Yeah, something about being careful. I had to look up. He says, Qui uh, Dao, which is, like, careful. Or he says, Mucho Qui Dao at some point. Yeah, so I don't know, but it, it's they moved pretty far away from Smooth Criminal. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was like a medley with another song, but it doesn't say anywhere. Yeah, or if it's uh, like the, a translation of Smooth Criminal, I've... which it wouldn't seem to be with the lyrics not matching up, or, you know, sometimes it's not one-to-one. Or if it's just like their attachment, like they're just adding it on. They're like, well, here's kind of a... Right, their like, Spanish verse. A Spanish verse. Um, but yeah, it really takes off. You got that piano boom. Montuno. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, that, that last bit, uh, it just kind of its own thing. It's like, yeah, I mean, it sounds good too, but it's just kind of like a Latin dance song after like 320 or so. Yeah. But I'd say overall, yeah, decent sounding version. Yeah, decent sound track. I don't know why they're trying to cover it up because I think it's good enough to be heard, folks. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they, maybe Tony and Je- wait, how would you say that name? Uh, yeah, because I, I, I'm using a French pronunciation on it, which is yeah. But illegal. then I'm like, but if it's Spanish, the J would be like an H and yeah, like a or so. Like off the top of my head, I'm very confused. Maybe they don't get along. <laughs> yeah, I don't or know. something. Maybe they've had a falling out. Um, or maybe it's just with Spotify and YouTube, which is like fair enough. Yeah, I'm, it's probably just a you. licensing issue that it's yeah. like whoever was publishing in Canada or whatever is like, no, nah, you can't have it anymore. But yeah, that's it. That's, that's the version. It. That's the version. Which brings us to our final verdicts. We've got three categories today: the worst version, the best version, and the smoothest version. The smoothest version. Which version, if you had been robbed in your house and somebody left like a, like a, you know those sound, those greeting cards, you open them in a sound plays, like a song plays, <laughs> that played one of these covers, yep. would you be like, that? Which one would me. it be? Um, okay. Alex, worst version of this, why is it the sex bots? Because why is it the bad. sex bots? Uh, because they try too hard. 
in all the wrong places. Yeah, um, they... I don't know. I don't think they are as weird as they think they are. And... I mean, that in an attitude way kind of bugs me. But then in terms of the actual composition, there's really not much to say about it. It was it's the most kind boring. Kind of like a, a straightforward synth update with some vocals that are like, again, trying to be kooky and just kind of make me roll my eyes. Yeah, a synth update and really, truthfully, a synth downgrade. <laughs> it was. It's not better sounds it's not even more in, like usually if you even if you get a trot pop update at least it's like well these are fucking full synths like they got a broad yeah. range on them like it, you got you got your steel drums yeah oh, like maybe. at least there's some kind of hi-fi impact maybe they here. threw a skank in there just for fun yeah something's going on but with this nothing nothing's going on um yeah sex bots worst version alex the best version uh, my best version is probably the Valiant Thieves. I really liked their jazz interpretation of it. Yeah. And I really liked um, the sounds they made. You mentioned the the jazz gangster connection, which is pretty cool, too. Um, yeah, it's just a tight, fun version overall. I mean, maybe fun's the wrong word, but I think it's solid. No, yeah, I think it's solid. And I think in terms of like even kind of matching that amusement park vibe in a way, the Valiant Thieves kind of grab that as well, where it feels, yeah, like fun, like not necessarily in the like, oh, enjoyable murder has occurred, but you're like, <laughs> oh, I'm at, I'm at fucking dinner theater or something, and like, I'm, I'm in on whatever is going on here, you know? Mm-hmm. Nothing lasts too long. Nothing lasts too long. I'm going to give it to two cellos, because I think, one, typically instrumental versions are at a disadvantage on this show. Uh, two, they, they show a mastery over their instruments and an understanding of, kind of like what makes the original song bang that they translate into two cellos a mere two cellos layered i think they i think they layered maybe some tracks. like three at one point maybe but three there's but still not that many cellos I, and just speaking. just cellos like yeah yeah i think that's a great performance uh alex what do you think is the smoothest performance this version what is the smoothest version okay so the tony sakar gene I'm going to call him Gene. Uh, okay. Rodriguez version has these chimes. Yes. They're really smooth. smooth I'm going to give it to that one, even though you might not think of the rest as smooth. I'm going to give it to that one because, uh, you know, all the percussion blends together. Yeah, it, it, it is it maybe not smooth in the in the like smooth jazz sense of the word, but even like the p- everything runs together quite smoothly. Yeah. It's a it's a well-oiled machine. It is a well-oiled machine. That is a good answer, Alex. I'm going to give it to Javier Alvarez. He's got a real smooth in the other sense, just smooth, chill, calm energy. Somebody tells me I've been struck by a smooth criminal like that, I'm not going to know what to feel. I'm going to be like, huh. Say, Annie, are you okay? And I'll say, I don't know. <laughs> Smoothly. Smoothly. smoothly it was very smooth that's a smooth version that's our final verdict you got a different opinion similar opinion want to talk about a version we didn't talk about hit us up on twitter hashtag cover me pod at jake the Cressy, at some alex wise guy send us your comments questions concerns recommendations for future episodes this was a suggestion and we took it and we did it your suggestion could be next hit us up you can email us at cover at gmail.com be sure to rate and review us tell your friends 
We're on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. Hit us up. Do the good things that allow us to keep doing this. That does it for today's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, okay, I want everybody to cover me right now.